We'll be reading two excerpts of scripture today. One from the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, just one verse, verse one. And then if you want to hold that with your thumb or uh, whatever digit you prefer, you can find John chapter 14. We'll be reading verses 12 through 14 there. As we go into this time of scripture reading and reflection together as the church, I remind you that with Yates, church happens all day on Sunday. In so many ways, as we gather this morning, there is anticipation, preparation for another gathering this evening, the Yates Youth and Children's Ministry. And as we worship this morning, I invite you with me to turn your attention now for a moment about what God will do, not only now in this time, but also this evening as the church gathers again in the attic. Let's pray together. Almighty God, for the gift of this day, we give you our thanks for warmth and for shelter in the midst of a stormy week and a very cold day, for giving us each other in the indescribable gift of your very presence, we thank you. May those who gather this morning and those who gather this evening share from the common table of your word and be fed and nourished. Be preparing the minds and the hearts of those who gather this evening that as they share their meal and their prayer time and their devotion and their activities together, that they would experience the touch of your amazing grace, even as we anticipate you to enter into our hearts and minds now. May it be so by the power of your Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Proverbs 22, verse 1, reads this way. A good name is more desirable than riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. And very specifically, Jesus gives us a specific and special name around which we can gather, in which we can work, and pray. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Names are important things. You know, there are some people in our lives, probably in your memory banks, all you have to say is a first name or a nickname and a whole host of stories and associations and connections and lessons come forth for you. And I've heard a lot of names in this church some who are present this morning, of course, and of course many more who are no longer with us. I, I think often of a particular name in this church because it shows up so frequently when people talk about the character of this church, the way of this church, the commitment and the care of this church. So I'm just going to say a name, 
and let you sit with it for a minute. Grace. Grace. Oh, the smiles and the nods I'm getting right about now. Grace. Can you see grace? No. By every account, people tell me that she was her name. She was gracious. And she was grace-filled. She was grace. And it's like somebody observed her for a while, watched her move through the world, watched her move through her family or through the church, and said, ah, I've got just the right name for you. It's grace. But of course, it didn't happen that way. She got the name, and she didn't necessarily get to choose it. It's the, it's the name her parents gave her. And I wonder how well that name fit when she was a young girl, just sort of bopping around and doing what children do. Maybe it was a little too fancy, a little too high-sounding, maybe even a little too dignified for that wild girl who was running around the house or running around church. But over time, she became grace, gracious, graceful, grace. It's not very often we get to choose a name for ourselves. Very often, our names eventually pick us. I've told you before, my name, Christopher, was a name that was, of course, chosen for me by my parents. And from time to time, my mother would tell me and remind me of the story, not only of the saint uh, who bears that name in Catholic tradition, but far more, far more what that name means. In Greek, it's the merger of two words, Christ and carrier. It means Christ-bearer. She reminded me of the importance of that name. It's one of the reasons I try not to shorten it if I can. Chris just seems to miss the point. Christopher now. That tells me something about myself. And over time, of course, I've learned the deep significance of what that means for me as I heard the vocation of God in my life to be a minister in the church. Of course, I don't do it alone, but in some ways I bear the face, the voice, the touch of Christ, at least in my best of moments. And I'm still growing into the significance of a name like that. So I'm glad they chose a good name. Other people gave me names too, some of which I'm not going to repeat. It seems like everybody had more than one name. There's the name that maybe was given to us in our family, and then there are names we never would have chosen for ourselves, names that were given to us by the world. Sometimes those names are exceedingly cruel. I remember one time having lunch with a friend of mine. He was a couple years older, and we were enjoying lunch, and uh, I ordered dessert, and my friend did not. And I asked him, you know, why don't you get some dessert? I don't want to do this alone. He said, no, thanks. And I pressed him like an idiot. Kept, I thought I was being playful. I kept pressing and pressing. Come on, consume the forbidden calories. Here they are. And, and, and to look at him, frankly, there was a lot of cat space. He, was, he could stand to eat a little more. If anything, he was underfed. And I said, why are you so concerned about dessert? You know, you're not, you're not a big guy. You're not, you're not fat. He said, but I was. Oh, I was. And growing up, Everybody had a name for me. It was, you know, chubby, big boy, things like that. It just it walked around with me everywhere I went in school, at home. It followed me all the way to college. 
and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Of course, I smiled when they said it, and they didn't think they were hurting me at all, but I died a little bit inside every time somebody said something like that. And so I swore to myself, nobody's going to call me that. And so maybe it's overkill, but I'm not eating dessert. Of course, I felt this bit. But the story is not about my embarrassment. That's not the point. The point is to remember the pain that names can give. And maybe you know that pain. The name that, that cuts, the name that hurts, the name that will trap you or confine you, tear your heart in two. The name we carry, the name we bear, how we are named can make all the difference for us. It can turn us into people of grace, bearing Christ in the world, or it can make us hard and calloused and resentful, closed, cruel. It can make all the difference. We're saddled with the names we've got, at least when we're born. And when we talk about a good name, like the Proverbs does now, we're not talking about just how melodic that, that name may be or how pretty that name is or how memorable it is or how easy or hard it is to spell. What makes a name good, at least through the lens of the proverb, doesn't depend so much on those factors, but it's speaking more now to what comes to mind when people hear that name at all. The goodness of that name sometimes depends not only on us, but maybe what our parents did before us. The place our households hold in society or in history. But if that's all that a name's evaluation is going to be, then that's simply the judgmental way of the world. In the Bible, God gives each and every human a very important and significant role in the great sweep of creation. In the Bible, when God gives someone the authority to give a name, there's power there. Think about Adam and Eve. Adam means man, as in humankind. Eve means life or living. And we find in the opening chapters of Genesis that Adam is given the power to name the rest of the creatures that God is creating. Platypus. Cactus. Raven. Squirrel. Mosquito. That's how the story goes. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was his name. That's power. Because the truth is, whoever succeeds in providing sort of the lasting, indelible mark of giving a name to just about anything is the one who holds great power. Think about all of the effort. Think of all the money that's now being spent even now in the anticipation of a presidential election of trying to claim sort of the naming rights for the issues that are before us as a society that government is going to need to address. 
And I know some in this room are going to vote one way, some are going to vote the other. But in many ways, I, as an observer of this process, have become persuaded that the side that ultimately succeeds in pinning the very lasting name on something is usually the group that holds the power of persuasion. That's why corporations spend tons of money for naming rights, whether it's on a stadium or on a pen, in social media. They want to captivate us, saturate us in our awareness with their name. And so here in the South, when you go to a restaurant and ask for a Coke, we know it might not be Coca-Cola. You're talking about a soda. When you have a headache, maybe you'll take a, an Advil. No, that's ibuprofen. Any old ibuprofen will do. The pharmacists in the room can tell us. Bubble wrap, I did not know this until I did a little research, is actually a specific brand name. It's not a generic term for that stuff my kids love to pop in their hands even now. The Sealed Air Corporation created it and labeled it such. When you do a web search, whatever search engine you use, of course, you're Googling it. You get the idea that some names so saturate our imagination, our hearts, and our minds, they seem to be the premier, most influential figures in the conversation. And so the proverb today calls all of that to the front of our spiritual awareness long enough to remember a simple truth. A good name is something that we choose. And a good name in the very short spans of our lifetime is something we have the capacity to choose beyond any name that you've been given. So let's think about that for a minute now. What do people think about when you say Yates Baptist Church? It's a name. What's the worth of that name? When people hear that name, does it call forth thoughts and associations with things like faith or integrity or genuineness? or wisdom, community, involvement, freedom, respect, a vision that's as big as the world? How are we willing to invest to make sure our name has integrity and that our actions align with what we want our name to project out into the world? Are we cultivating the kind of relationship, supporting the kind of friendships and relationships that will live up to that name? You know, yesterday was a really extraordinary day as Yates Baptist Church. Uh, in this space and online, uh, Mackenzie and Mary Martha and Ted and I were offering funeral care, memorial care uh, for the family and friends of John Myers. Meanwhile, Danny Another minister was at Reality Ministries, at a meeting, getting some extra training, and engaging in earnest conversations about how Yates can expand and extend its ministry and friendship with the, the members of our community who have intellectual developmental disabilities, and how we might be able to participate more fully in that. 
Meanwhile, that morning, Sam Haithcock led a group of 11 intrepid adventurers out on the American Tobacco Trail, very humbly and quietly just picking up all the trash that we've adopted. Our name is on a section of that trail. Durham put our name out there. This space adopted by Yates Baptist Church. And as we were departing the sanctuary from the memorial, there was a group of volunteers out here befriending our community and sharing the gifts that you all gave so generously in the form of coats and cold weather gear. I don't know if you saw on, uh, on our social media posts, but I think we started with something like 178 coats. Wow, by the way, thank you for your generosity. They also had, and I thought this was a great way to call it, a bucket of scarves, a bucket of gloves, and a bucket of caps. And it was slow going at the beginning. But one person eventually made her way over and discovered that all of the talk was true. This place is giving away coats. What's the limit? They were asked. There's no limit. Take what you need and spread the word. Well, about 15 minutes later, this place was swarming with friends from the neighborhood. And we intentionally did not you know, capture a lot of images and certainly didn't post any images of our guests who came to, to receive coats and get what they needed for the upcoming cold snap next week. But Joanna did text me one picture, I think, that, that told the whole story for me. It was a little girl uh, with her arms spread wide wearing a, a new purple puffy coat. And her arms spread out, she looked just so delighted to have this thing on. She was so excited. She said, thank you. And the smile on her face told me everything I needed to know. I tell all those stories, not to pat ourselves on the back, but to say, that's the stuff out of which a good name or a bad name might be made. When people think of Yates Baptist Church, they hear that name. What do they think of? You know, on a personal level. When somebody hears your name, do they think of values like faith, dependability, compassion, honesty, courage, hope, integrity? A name like that, the proverb tells us, is to be desired even more than all the riches of the world. And that is a choice that we can make. There's a wonderful story in the New Testament, in Luke's Gospel, excuse me, in Acts, where uh, Peter and John encounter a man who's lame since his birth. And he's begging, of course, and, and Peter says, look at us. And he says then, you know, I, ha I don't have any silver and I don't have any gold, but what I have, I give you. And at that point, that man maybe thought Peter would be able to dig more deeply and find a spare coin. Maybe there's a piece of bread. There was some gift in kind that he could offer him, maybe a robe or something to wear. But this is what Peter told him. He said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. I don't have any wealth, he says, but I have something more important. I have something more powerful. I have a name. 
And that name is full of integrity. It is full of wisdom. It's a name under which a whole community of people have gathered. And that community will receive you. That community will support you. That community will love you. That uh, that community will learn from you, regardless of who you are or where you have come from. You cross the threshold of this community in his name, and we will walk together under that name. And that name he was talking about, of course, is not the name of Peter. It's not the name his parents gave him, Simon. That name Peter was given to him by Jesus. It's a way of telling Peter, as a follower of Jesus, as a friend of Jesus, as part of the family of God, this is, this is a bit of who you are. No, the name Peter is talking about, of course, is of Jesus. Of course, Jesus wants to give you a name, too, as this relationship unfolds. He's not going to let you get all the names of the world have the last say to lay their claws into you. Your life is meant to count for something. Your life is meant to take place on this great stage of God's great story of redemption. And as a church, when we welcome someone into this fellowship, when we hear their testimony, their story of how they have received and how they have trusted the love and the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ, when we baptize him or her in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we recognize that they have been given a new name too. Their parents may name them Juan or Jacqueline or Janelle or Jason, but here in this place we have a common name. It's a revealing name. It's Christian. And from that time forward, your life tells the long story of growing into that name, of coming to be someone who can embody that name that moves with God's gracious desires for you here in this world. Whatever anyone else may call you, your first name here is Christian. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Stand up and walk. That's how important the name was for them. Everything, absolutely everything was done in the name of Jesus. That means it was done in the same humble and faithful spirit as Jesus. They prayed in Jesus' name. And they preached in Jesus' name. They cared for others in Jesus' name. They greeted one another in Jesus' name. And when they died... It was with his name on their lips. And the reason why is because they recognized a transformational love comes with him. That's the love that makes the difference in people's lives and in the life of a community or a neighborhood or in the life of this great big world. They recognized that in the name of Jesus, God would transform an entrenched Roman Empire long ago, and it can change and alter and overturn our little kingdoms too. Whoever believes in me, said Jesus, will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Our church has a covenant, and it begins this way. It says, because we believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, 
we enter into covenant with each other and with God to be the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. To be the Yates Baptist Church is to choose Jesus' name first. And if we're going to walk in the way of Christ, it is to be constantly reminding ourselves that we bear a name that is bigger than we are, bigger than our own little names. It's higher and calls us to ever greater things toward integrity and sacrifice and love. You bear the name of one who cared for the sick of heart and for the sick of soul, for the sick of body, the sick of mind, and a Christian bears that name. And I don't want us to tarnish that name. And when the church makes its way through the world, sometimes it does so without a whole lot of resources. Sometimes it does with great plenty. This congregation I've found over time has a wonderful building, of course, a premier location. We have generous people. And I know that you truly care about your faith, you care about this community, you care about this church. The most valuable thing that we can never lose that is not something that belongs to any one of us, but is instead has been given to all of us, is our name. We bear a name, the name of Christ, the name that we want to live up to. And sometimes over time, that name has been betrayed over the centuries. But I want to tell you, it is a good name. It's a name that we can be proud of. It's a name we can all try to live up to as the Church of Jesus Christ on the corner of Cornwallis and Chapel Hill Roads, Yates Baptist Church, that place where whoever walks by or drives by might be able to point and say, those people are for me. But I hope they don't think first of the name Yates. When they look at each one of us or all of us together, when they see this building, when they see the work, when they see the clean trail, when they wear their coat, whatever it may be, the first name I hope and pray that will always come to mind is that precious name that we have celebrated all day, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.